the principles that we lay out in the book aren't just for people who have a thyroid condition. They're people who have any type of health issue or chronic health issue. So these are foundational principles, regardless of the name that you have been given for your disease, disorder, or diagnosis. So that part doesn't matter. What's really important is making sure that you're doing the foundational things. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Right now, millions of people, especially women, are struggling with low thyroid function and have no idea. And this pandemic is not doing our thyroid any favors due to the amount of stress each of us have been dealing with, especially during this winter season and holidays. Now, this may come as a surprise to you. It definitely did to me after I read the report. But even more concerning is that women are misdiagnosed as having an adrenal issue or being tired or their symptoms are chalked up to perimenopause and menopause instead of looking at the thyroid for any issues. And if you look at symptoms for perimenopause and menopause, they can look pretty identical to low thyroid function. Symptoms like fatigue, brain fog, digestive issues, unexplained weight gain, burnout, and inconsistent periods if you're still cycling, all are indicating low thyroid function. Now, another area we often miss for women when it comes to low thyroid diagnoses is, is during postpartum. At around two to three months postpartum, you know, when women start to notice their hair falling out, their nails are brittle, and they haven't made any progress that they expected to make by month three after having their baby, we know that 24% of women in postpartum are dealing with thyroid issues, especially low thyroid function. And many of us are struggling with low thyroid function due to Hajimoto's thyroiditis, a common but often overlooked autoimmune condition, which is what happened to me. Now, another way in which we get hit with low thyroid function is by ourselves first feeling very overwhelmed. I know it's crazy to think that our cells can feel overwhelmed, but think about you feeling overwhelmed. Your cells can definitely feel that way too. And this is called cellular hypothyroidism. Basically, in a nutshell, if our bodies are stressed due to toxins, medications, poor food choices, even perceived stress due to busyness, they can register a danger signal. Think of it like an SOS signal and reduce the amount of T3 receptors on the cell membrane. So real quick, the T3 is our thyroid hormone and it binds to every cell in the body, binds to these little T3 receptors. And when it binds to those receptors, it signals off cellular metabolism or different activities for the cell to do. Now, when a cell is feeling stressed or overwhelmed or dangerous, what it's going to do is it is going to go into that SOS conservation mode. And it's going to start removing or reducing the amount of T3 receptors on its cell membrane. Also, what can happen in this scenario is it can send an SOS signal to other cells nearby and tell them to do the same thing. Like, hey, stranger danger, we got to shut things down over here. But the implication of this is that our cells stop working at peak capacity. They stop running metabolism. They stop doing the activities they need to be doing to actually function. And over time, this can become system-wide and affect the thyroid itself, leading to full-blown low thyroid function. 
Now to provide you with the full understanding of how this all works on a cellular level and how to address the problem, I invited thyroid experts and new authors of the book, The Thyroid Debacle, Dr. Eric and Dr. Kelly, onto the show to share their insights on how we can reverse cellular hypothyroidism before it becomes a system-wide problem. Because here's the deal, when it comes to cellular hypothyroidism, we don't have a test. And let's be honest, we have tests for thyroid function, and yet so many of us are getting misdiagnosed or ignored altogether. So when it comes to cellular hypothyroidism, which is one of the first ways in which we start to see indications of low thyroid function, it's really going to be about prevention. And that's why I invited Dr. Eric and Dr. Kelly to the show today is to really not only provide us with a framework of what's going on, but what we can do to actually stop it in its tracks. But before I bring them on to speak into ways to prevent low thyroid function, I want to quickly share something with you that I have been recommending to my best friends and the women in my community. And I can't wait to share it with you today. One of the biggest issues that come up for us as women is hormone-driven PMS symptoms like bloating, cramps, stubborn belly fat, and those crazy mood swings and sugar cravings that can come out of, let's be honest, nowhere. And although many of us have accepted this as our normal, we do not need to feel this way. So personally, I'm always looking for simple and effective natural remedies to support our hormones and address some of our biggest symptoms that women face every single day. And recently, I was introduced to Harmony, which is this delicious cacao and chocolate-flavored superfood blend that combines some of my favorite adaptogenic herbs like chaseberry, which is one of my go-to herbs for PMS symptoms and boosting progesterone levels. And cacao, because who doesn't love a little bit of extra polyphenols and antioxidants in their day? So I knew when they sent this to me to try, I needed to try it for myself, and here's why. Organifi combined Harmony with 12 superfood ingredients that not only address PMS symptoms like bloating, fatigue, and mood swings, but also promotes better balanced hormones every day for more improved overall health. And this is a win-win in my book. With less than three grams of sugar, this has literally been my go-to healthy hot chocolate drink for any cravings or energy slumps, especially in the afternoons. And who doesn't need that level of comfort and added energy, especially these days? Now, because I'm loving this delicious chocolate superfood drink so much, Organifi has given me an awesome promo code to share it with you so that you can add it to your morning or afternoon routine for more boosted energy and hormone support. All you got to do is use the promo code Dr. Marisa and get 15% off your entire order. Go to Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Dr. Marisa. And I will have the link in the show notes for this episode. So it's super easy to grab and for you to try this delicious drink as well. So now that you know my secret to healthy hormone loving hot chocolate, let's dive into this important conversation about a condition that is rocking the lives of millions of people in the U.S. Let's welcome Dr. Eric and Dr. Kelly to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Eric and Kelly. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Good, thanks. 
Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I'm so happy to have you guys on. You know, we talk a lot about thyroid health on this show, mainly because this is a woman's health podcast and a lot of women are struggling with thyroid issues, undiagnosed or diagnosed. And I know we're going to get into the nitty gritty of cellular hypothyroidism today. But first, what I want to just start with is I'd love to learn a little bit more about you guys and what was kind of that defining moment, that inspiration that had you know in your heart of hearts that this was the direction, this was the education that you wanted to give to the world? I had no real intention in getting involved in thyroid physiology at all. My background was I was going to, I was headed to go to medical school, wound up going to chiropractic school instead and got out and started a chiropractic practice. But I had a family member of mine who got diagnosed with hypothyroidism and iron deficiency and fibroids. And the solution was to, you know, take out uterus ovaries and put her on iron supplements and thyroid hormone support for the rest of her life. And I realized at that point in time, there must be something else we could do. And when a family member asks you to help, even though you don't know much about a topic, you wind up digging into it. And so in the process of digging into the different aspects of thyroid physiology that she, versus what she was learning, I realized that the vast majority of people had Hashimoto's. I had to learn what Hashimoto's was and then get some understanding of how we might be able to address what was going on with her in a more natural method versus just putting her on thyroid medications. And the key is, is that her three conditions were all considered separate conditions instead of what they all were, were, which were all part of one big complex issue. And so that got me started on the ball on this process of learning about thyroid physiology. In my, then I started learning that so many people in my practice were diagnosed and being treated for hypothyroidism, and many of them were still symptomatic. And then I developed my own Hashimoto's condition after you know years of endurance training and lack of sleep because I was up early training, working, coaching, being a dad, being a husband, running a business, and then you know staying up late to try and do more studying. I just wrote, drove myself into a, what we call chronic cellular stress, and that induced a, a hypothyroid condition. And once I realized that even me, who was leading a pretty clean life, and doing a lot of the right things, I was causing my own Hashimoto's condition. And then once I started using the principles that we talk about in our upcoming book, you know, I was able to reverse my condition. Hmm. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, it's really insightful when it lands literally on your doorstep, when, when it's you who are actually struggling with this, especially well after you had learned it as well. Uh, Dr. Kelly, honey, do you want to jump in? I know that you have your own story as well. Could you chime on in and share with us what was, I know you guys came together for a reason. I know it wasn't just to write a book. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, my story started when I was practicing traditional family practice medicine and I myself got sick. I started having these very weird symptoms. I won't go into detail, but I was eventually diagnosed with MS and given a box full of pills and a pat on the back. Um, that was basically a death sentence. And I really had to take a step back and relearn, um, actually learn for the first time naturopathic medicine principles such as detoxification. I was eventually also diagnosed with Hashimoto's and really looking at the root cause. And, and Eric and I, in our book, we talk about how it's never really one thing. It's never, it's, it's never really, oh, I just have heavy metals and things. I mean, it can be primarily a problem, but really getting into what we call fitness factors and optimizing everything in your life. Because I always say, if, if you have Hashimoto's and you're struggling with that, and I did for many years, it wasn't really until I took this approach that was more multifaceted and I dug into each category because 
you know, if you're still emotionally stressed out, but you know, you're eating a clean diet and you're, you're working out and you're feeling good, your health can still be very compromised. So we take all of those, what we call fitness factors very seriously. And we give really good tools in the book, really regain your health. Hmm, I love that. I always say that you cannot green smoothie your way out of chronic stress. That's it's one of great. the tangible. I remember when I, I got a finally diagnosed in 2018 and there was a part of me who just didn't want to know. And I'm sure that that happens to so many people. You're just like, that is just not the diagnosis I'm looking for right now. And I remember finally, like just getting all the labs, it would all just, you know, if it quacked like a duck and it looked like a duck, it was Hajimoto's. And that's basically what happened with me. And I knew in that moment, I had a lot of early childhood trauma, some pretty serious childhood trauma that finally, I feel like finally had caught up to me. One of these intangibles. And it was one of many things that we identified as a root cause for my Hajimoto's. But it was, again, it's those intangibles. Like I was eating very clean. I was doing detoxes consistently throughout the year, but I wasn't addressing that nasty trauma that I just kept shoving deep down inside and the chronic perceived stress that I found myself living in. And so I'm so grateful that you guys are talking about, it's not just the parasites or it's not just the latent infections. It's not just the stress. It's not just the gut dysbiosis or the nutrient deficiencies, like it's got to be an all out approach. And it's really about those pillars. And tell me a little bit about, I know we're going to talk about specifically cellular, but when you bring all that together for your patients, what I want to ask really is when you bring all that together for your patients, how easy is it one for them to integrate? Are these like simple things that we can do? And two, what does it look like for them on the, you know, with even within a couple of months when they begin to see it all come together? Yeah, I think the big thing is getting people to understand that what they typically, when somebody shows up in our offices, and you know this if you've been helping people for a while, they kind of think like they have an adrenal issue, and then they have a toxicity issue, and they have a dysbiosis issue, and they look at these things, and we've been taught that these are all separate things, right? You go to this person for that, you go to this person for that, these are all separate things that aren't connected. And what we really want to do with our patients is have them understand that all of these things are connected. These are all adaptations to excessive cellular stress, and the body is trying to adapt to that cellular stress. And in the process of trying to adapt to those cellular stresses, certain aspects of our physiology get turned down, other aspects of our physiology get turned up. So one of the big things that we try and do is help have them explain that it is your diet, your lifestyle, your emotional state, all these fitness factors in all these areas of potential stress that create this adaptive change in our physiology that then manifests as signs and symptoms. So we have to get that point across to them so they understand that, that, hey, I'm not treating a thyroid condition. I'm not treating an adrenal issue. What I'm trying to do is identify, reduce, or remove as much of the excessive stress as possible. And that's how we're going to help them. And when we start them on that process and we start talking to them about their fitness factors, and have them start working on those processes, many of those things that are inexpensive, they're cheap, they're free, they can start to see changes really quickly within the first few months, even within the first 30 days, the vast majority of the people I see start to see changes in their signs and symptoms with just doing very basic, what we call foundational principles 
those are the things that can really start to improve their health and their well-being. Mm, I love that. And I want to get into that in just a moment, but I want to circle on back. You know, I think a lot of people hear a lot about Hajimoto's being a primary cause for, for low thyroid function, but we hear about it in terms of the immune system going on overdrive, right? Shoot to kill. And what you're speaking to, and not to say that the immune system isn't a component of this, but what you're speaking to, and you know, a big part of what I love to speak on is that all disease is cellular. And we have to look at it on a cellular level if we're going to actually get to the root of what's going on. Talk to me about how you're seeing the connection between basically cellular breakdown and Hajimoto's inside of the body. So when we have cellular ex excessive stress, you're made up of trillions of cells, right? And the cells are like individual people, right? When you get excessive stress on the system, on a cell, the cell is going to go into defensive mode. And part of that defensive mode is to increase in inflammation, slow down metabolism, and warn the rest of the body that, hey, we're under threat, we're under attack. And part of that process is the release of, of inflammatory chemicals, things called DAMPs, which are part of the cell that are released into the, into the blood supply, and something called PAMPs, which are parts of little organisms or pathogens that are released into the system to alert the immune system that, hey, these are the things that are breaking down. These are things that need to be cleaned up. These are the, the organisms that are creating the problem. And that helps activate the immune system. What's unique about that is one of the ways the body protects itself is to slow that cell metabolism down. And that's by deactivating some of the thyroid hormone inside your cells and tissues. And this unfortunately sometimes causes us the signs and symptoms of hypothyroidism because hypothyroidism is the result of decreased T3 inside the cells, not what's in the bloodstream per se or what the gland is making. Right. Because it slows down cellular metabolism. Absolutely. So that's why we're feeling that. Yeah, and and it's not a it's not a mistake. It's not an accident. I tell my patients, so I'll, you know, use this example a lot of times. If if you were cooking, and you're making dinner for your family, and somebody broke in your house and started attacking your family, you're going to stand there and continue to cook, or are you going to leave the food burn and go into defensive mode? That's what our cells and tissues do. You don't need healthy metabolism when you're trying to fight something. You don't need sex hormones when you're trying to fight something. You don't need great digestion when you're trying to fight something. You don't need to sleep when you're trying to fight something. You're in defensive mode. And so deactivating thyroid hormone is a way to slow metabolism down and ramp up the immune inflammatory system. And I think the important thing about how this ties into hypothyroidism and, and Hashimoto's, especially from a Hashimoto's perspective, is those little damps and pamps that are released by these damaged cells circulate into the, in, the, in the blood and they can be sensed by the thyroid gland tissue. And so when the thyroid gland tissue and cells perceive these damps and pamps, they actually go into auto-destruct. The, the, the thyroid cells themselves can initiate their own destruction. And they can release the cytokines that trigger the immune system to come to the thyroid gland, the lymph tissue, to start to create more damage and destruction. And so we look at this autoimmune attack on the gland as not necessarily the sign that the immune system's out of control per se, but really the immune system saying, hey, we've got a threat here. We've got excessive cell stress. We've got a threat. We're going to slow down the metabolism globally so that we can address the threat. And the best way to, to slow down the metabolism globally is to shut it off at the source. And what is that? That's the thyroid gland. So that's kind of our, our perspective that we talk about. Instead of always considering that this this body just loses control all the time. 
we need to ask a better question like why would the body need to do this and does it make more sense that the body is trying to protect us and this individual the cells themselves versus trying to destroy us hmm. that makes so much sense i'm so glad you brought it together with that said and 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 having that clarity on the table i'm thinking to myself the tens of thousands of people I've connected in with who really fit the mold of having many of these different kind of root causes driving our decreased energy. I know the one thing I ask my audience, I pull my audience all the time, like, what would you like more of? And it's always energy, right? They're struggling with cellular energy. Given just even hearing about you, Eric, you know, how you ultimately ended up having major kind of cellular burnout in your own right that led to low thyroid function. What are we talking about? You know, I have a good friend of mine who always says it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when our thyroid's going to take a hit based on the potential lifestyle that we're living. No surprise that the three of us, you know, amongst millions of other people are really struggling with this. You guys have a sense, given us living this fast-paced life, us being exposed to lots of chemicals, us struggling with getting the right level of nutrients, how many people do you think are really dealing with diminished thyroid function? I think there's a statistic I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, a recent one said 8% of the population will really be dealing with a thyroid problem in their lifetime. And I feel that it's probably a big underestimate. The labs that I was taught in medical school are very myopic and um, really aren't getting to the root cause. We're not having the whole picture. So there's an entire chapter that Eric wrote on thyroid labs and and how we should do them and how we should look at. So this isn't just a a book that we're writing for um, the lay person. It certainly is, but it's, it's one that you can hand to your doctor as a new tool. And this is a new paradigm. This is a paradigm shift out of here's uh, here's your diagnosis of, of, um, of hypothyroidism and here's your synthroid and come back, you know, we'll check your T4 and TSH. It is so antiquated. The science is that they're, we're years behind. And, and that being said, it, it takes 17 years. The medical literature itself says it takes 17 years for good, solid information that we can use in our clinics today. 17 years to get into the clinic. And so this book is just futuristic. We're bringing all the information right, right to you right now. And that's why we're really excited about these concepts. Some of them are really high level, you know, like when Eric and I started talking about this years ago and he was teaching me and all about this, it's a jump. But I think in the book, we really explain it and you do a great job on this podcast of really bringing it to the people and understanding, kind of understanding that, again, our bodies aren't turning against ourselves. It's that it, our bodies are so well designed. It's that um, that my primordial response, and it's 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 doing what it's supposed to do. And how do we honor that? And how do we use the principles that we know and the science that we know that we're constantly digging into? How do we use that today to help you feel better and to help everybody? All three of us have more energy because yes, we of course we all want more energy. And I think this is this is definitely one of the keys to that is just a comprehensive look at health. Hmm, I agree. Well, it's interesting. 8% just doesn't seem like a big enough, I mean, doesn't seem like a big enough number based on the conversation that I'm having every single day. So I think that was, and I think you're absolutely right. A a great, I have a, we have an assistant who um, I just, I don't know what I had mentioned. We hadn't really talked a lot about, I just mentioned thyroid issues because I'm on an autoimmune protocol and there's a lot of things that I do for my thyroid and my cellular health every single day. And she's like, I think I have a thyroid issue. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I had all these labs ran. And um, they said that I had autoimmune markers, but that my labs, my normal thyroid labs, my 
you know, T3, T4, my TSH were all normal. So they told me to just come back in a year. They're on, we're on this watch and wait plan. And I was like, wait, you're telling me that there is clear antibody markers on your labs. And yet they're going to make you wait another year to see if those antibody markers increase and start to have an actual like visible impact on your thyroid. And then at that point, they're just going to put you on a thyroid medication. And she was just so devastated that that was the plan for her when an integrative approach would be, well, let's address the elephant in the room. Let's address the autoimmune component. That's what's going to drive that hypothyroidism over time. And so you're talking about this and this is, this is happening every single day in doctor's offices. Yeah. I, I think the big issue is it comes down to how we define hypothyroidism, right? So the issue is, is that as Kelly's laying out the, what those statistics are, you know, I've seen the t- statistics up as high as 15%, right? But I still think that's low because what, how we're defining hypothyroidism is by an elevated TSH above lab range and a, and a T4 below lab range. The problem with that is, is that A, TSH can be suppressed by a number of factors. The most common factor that's going to suppress TSH and keep it looking normal is, is low-grade inflammation, which is the vast, is one of the biggest problems we struggle with, right? Is low-grade chronic inflammation. All of us. Right. And if that can suppress TSH, then it hides a thyroid condition. And if doctors are primarily taught to only run a TSH with a reflex to T4, as long as TSH is suppressed within normal range, then it, it's, you're going to be determined to not have a thyroid condition. The other issue is, is that hypothyroidism is defined as primary hypothyroidism when the gland is finally exhausted and can't produce enough thyroid hormone. The problem with that is, is that that's not when a thyroid condition starts. A thyroid condition starts when you have decreased T3 re- reaching the receptors inside your cells. And we don't have great tools to measure that. No. So that's a problem. Yes. But if you're starting to have signs and symptoms of hypothyroidism, then there's a good chance that there's probably hypothyroidism at a cellular level. And that's a term we use quite a bit is cellular hypothyroidism, which is we when we talk about hypothyroidism, we really talk about it as a spectrum disorder, not the end stage. Saying that hypothyroidism doesn't start until TSH is high and T4 is low is like saying you're not, you don't have a blood sugar problem until you're grossly diabetic. I mean, that's the end stage, right? You don't have cardiovascular disease until you're dead. I mean, that is not a good indication of when a disease process starts. But what I would argue from the allopathic side of it is, is that it is probably inappropriate to provide T4 therapy prior to, for a lot of these people, prior to them having full-blown gland exhaustion. And what most people don't understand and maybe some doctors too, is that by the time TSH does go above lab range and T4 drops below lab range, you've lost upwards of 90% of the function of your thyroid gland. That is not the beginning of a problem. So I would say that most people, when we look at how many people are struggling with with cellular hypothyroidism, like the beginning phase of hypothyroidism, I would say that number is probably significantly higher than the 10 to 15% or 8%, wherever that, that number is. I think it's significantly higher. But until we have better tools to measure it more clearly, I think we'll, there'll be a lot of disagreement. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I 100% agree that it's happening on a cellular level. And you know that's kind of that a very undiagnosable level, which we can't look at. We don't have a lot of diagnostic tools to look at that. We can look at symptoms. And I want to steer, steer us into, let's say we're feeling tired. Let's say we're feeling brain fog. Let's say we're cold. We have our socks and our 
jacket on inside of the house. Like, let's just say we're starting to see our digestive systems beginning to slow. We're seeing constipation, just some of those telltale signs that something isn't right. Let's talk a little bit about what we can do. Let's say that someone's listening to this and they're saying, okay, yeah, my doctor said everything's fine, but something just doesn't feel right. And I don't know how to approach this. Where can we begin to look at, and you guys talked about in your sense, how you call your root causes. How do we start to look at these root causes and how do we begin to create a plan around them? We typically talk about what we call the fitness factors. And those are different aspects of your health that you need to take a look at. So we talk about dietary fitness. So what are you eating? What's the quality of the food you're eating? How well are you digesting it? We talk about respiratory fitness, like how well do you breathe? Because if you don't have good respiration, that can be a clear sign or a clear thing that causes cellular stress. So we have them take a look at their breathing habits. We look at sleep. Sleep's critical. If you have inappropriate levels and quality and quantity of sleep, that can be a massive stressor on the system. We look at environmental stressors, like what are the toxic exposures we're exposed to on a daily basis and how can we manage those? We talk about metabolic stresses, like what are the systems that are already compromised that you may already be treating that are adding to the process? We talk about emotional fitness, and that is not what's the stress per se, right, in, in our relationships, in our, in our finances, and with the viruses and, the, and what's going on in our world, but how we perceive those things, right? Trauma fits into that category as well. And then we talk about, so we have the, the emotional fitness piece. We talk about physical fitness. Like, what is your level of physical fitness and well-being? So we look at lots of these individual factors, and part of our process is we take people through what we call a strategic thyroid solution, is to look at each of those fitness factors and make sure that they're raising their fitness level in each of those categories. Are they physically active? No. Well, then we need to get that process started at wherever they can start. Do they have good diet nutrition? No. Then we have to start working on that. Do they have good sleep cycles? No. So we want them to start from wherever they are. We want to evaluate it. We want to assess it and then bring them up that scale to improve their fitness in each of those categories. And by doing that, we can raise their level of health, function, and fitness. Because the big challenge is everybody, when we talk about stress, and I know that you probably, with your audience here, the two people are like, how am I going to reduce my stress? Are you creating, you know, the issue is you're never going to get rid of all the stress, right? I'm talking about environmental stress earlier. And somebody's like, well, how am I going to get rid of all the toxins? And you're not trying to get rid of them all. You just have to make yourself healthier so you can adapt to those better. And so we look at life as this kind of teeter-totter. We have negative stressors and we have use stressors, positive stressors. And we got to find a balance there between the two things. So you're never going to get rid of them all. But if we can bring up our level of sleep, breathing, physical fitness, improve our diet, improve our lifestyle, improve our overall sense of well-being, then the likelihood of having chronic thyroid issues starts to go down. Now, in all of that, and goodness knows, I know that it's very, very comprehensive. And I, I can just hear my listeners thinking, well, what are the really big needle movers? I mean, we've got to be sleeping well. We've got to be exercising well. We've got to be breathing well. Um, we've got to be making sure that we're getting the proper nutrition. Have you found that of them all, there are ones that we should tackle first? 
In my opinion, I think sleep is one of the, you just said it. I think sleep is one of the most important things that, that you can do. Your body detoxes at nighttime. There's so many biological things that go on during sleep. And I would point out that in the thyroid debacle, the book, that with these fitness factors, we go into them, but we also tell you how you can evaluate yourself and then how you can know that you're moving in the right direction. Because I really think that what I've learned is that I'm my best doctor. I use tools such as heart rate variability to know if an, a particular intervention is actually helping me. And I think that's where a lot of our patients, they hear so many different things and this worked for my neighbor and this, I saw and this and this, and they're trying things and they, they don't know what's working. So we were really, we really worked hard at tangible steps that you can actually take to see if, is my sleep getting better? Cause I think we're, we're really not as good at, at judging sleep. So we use things like aura rings or, or, you know, Fitbits or things that can actually measure your deep sleep and your REM sleep and just see where you're at. But that for me is, is where obviously I like to start and, and easy things like, are you getting your, your micronutrients? I mean, your body, just magnesium alone, 75% of the population is deficient. I mean, hello, I mean, let's, let's start there. Let's, let's get some magnesium. And now, you know, the population in zinc deficiency, zinc is critical right now, people with this coronavirus, it is, you know, it helps the white blood cells fight off the infection. It helps the replication of the virus, if you do get it, I mean, there's really simple things. So the take home for me this week in the past couple of weeks has been just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not profoundly effective for your health, such as breathing. I just read a study where those with um, proper nasal breathing were so much less at risk of the, the sequela, you know, and they, they leveled out the other comorbidities just simply because they were respiring properly. And so that chapter, it's not like, hey, you should breathe while it's like, this is why, you know, tell your neighbor, tell, you know, because it's so critical. So don't get lost in thinking, oh, I know everything about these things. We really, really do a good job in this book of being very tangible, very call to action. And then again, seeing the needle move yourself. I like that you have a way in which to measure because it can feel, and I know each and every one of us can speak to this personally when you're on the journey. And thank goodness we can speak to being on the journey. You know, there had been so many on my, particularly on the Hajimoto's journey, there have been little tweaks and there have been changes and moving it this way and moving and figuring out this way. And and for the big thing for me, sleep has always been locked and loaded for me. The thing that has moved the needle for me most has been nutrition. Eating a certain way for me is a non-negotiable. You know, if, if I deviate away from that way of eating where it's very, very clean, I feel it on a cellular level. I wake up the next day. I don't feel like I did the day before. And so for and me- it affect your sleep negatively yeah. too, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you too much yeah. sugar, totally. you're not going to sleep. So those are like head and head for me. Yep. Yeah. And then nutrient deficiencies. Yeah. Like you spoke to, you know, we are, we are seeing a lot of vitamin D deficiencies. We're seeing a lot of magnesium deficiencies. We are seeing a lot of zinc deficiencies. So making sure that people are, you know, it's really hard for your body to run and your cells to run if it doesn't even have the building blocks it needs to run it. And then the last piece that I see too, which I'm so glad you guys are going into is breath, is breathing. A lot of us don't know that we are in a chronic stress state. A lot of us don't know that we're stressaholics or that we're even addicted to stress. We just think that it's a slight edge or we think that it's, it's we're handling our obligations or we're knocking out those to-do lists. We don't realize that we're leveraging our physiology to get some of those things done on a day-to-day basis until it comes to get us down the road. Yeah, I think the biggest 
take home for for your listeners and hopefully we do a good job of doing this and of explaining this in the book is the things that are creating your health conditions are usually associated with diet lifestyle and mindset respiration breathing so those are things you can start with you don't need necessarily somebody to tell you that hey you got to work on your sleep habits if you're a person who's staying up till you know, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning watching TV and then getting up five, six in the morning. Inherently, we all kind of know that that's probably not good for us. And so we can do some of those things and just say, hey, I'm going to make a commitment to those things. Most people don't know whether they're sleeping well, but they may know that they have a diagnosis of sleep apnea or they wake up with a dry mouth or they're always congested at night or they snore. And those are signs that you're not breathing appropriately. A lot of people know that they have a lot of emotional stress or strife or they're negative thinkers. And those are things that they can work on. They don't need a healthcare professional necessarily to help them through some of the early things. I think one of the big things that from a nutrition standpoint, you know, people are like, should I do AIP? Should I do vegetarian? Should I do this diet? Should I do that? How about we start with, let's get rid of the, all the processed food and start with whole food, right? Let's make some simple swaps and make some exchanges, things that don't cost much. We don't need a test to change out our food. And let's just see how we do on better, better quality whole foods. Let's do, see how we do with better sleep, with better breathing, with better mindset. And a lot of times, while they are the free things to do, they're just not that sexy. And we're always hoping there's a secret potion that we can get in two capsules and take, and that's going to restore our health and our physiology. And none of our health and physiology typically isn't going to be restored by some type of supplementation as much as it's going to be by doing, putting in the work in, into getting healthy is really where all the hard work is done is in by changing habits, changing beliefs, changing behaviors. That's where the real work is done to improve your health and your well-being. Hmm. I think that that is so, so true. And I, I love that you guys have laid out this book with foundational changes, you know, so that we can start with those first. And if we're still struggling, then we can go deeper down the rabbit hole and figure out what else may be going on. But that's the place to start. Is that correct? I mean, we really got to look at the way that we live our life, how it's impacting our, our cellular vitality, and then put those in place. If we still feel like we're struggling, if, our, if, what, if we have a functional doctor looking at our labs in a very functional manner, then we can go a little bit deeper. Does the book go into those deeper areas as well? We go into some aspects a little bit deeper. I think what we've done with the book is try to keep it more of a, of a guide for the, for the layperson to be able to look at, okay, from an exercise standpoint, really, am I exercising? No. Okay. How do I get started? What can I do? Where's, what are some of those resources? Am I breathing properly? I don't know. How do I check? Here's a way to check to see if you're breathing properly. Give them some of the foundational things because I think what happens to a lot of people especially in the, in the functional medicine model, is they come into functional medicine hoping that somebody's going to run a test to define what their problem is. And all those things are super, can wind up being super expensive over time. There's not that they're not valuable, but they're expensive. And what we really want to urge people to do is take control first of their own life. Be objective in taking a look at yourself. Be honest with yourself. Like, am I doing the things that I need to do that don't cost me anything first? Can I, can I 
can I knock some of those things off? Because one of the first things that most of us do in functional medicine is say, okay, we got to modify your diet. We got to get a healthier diet. Now we got to work on sleep. Now we got to work on rest. So we we talk about these things, but ultimately, if a person wants to get get away from the medical model, get into the functional medicine model, and take control of their health, they need to take action. And many of those things that they need to take action are free. They just have to be objective and take action. And that's the biggest thing. So if we can get them to focus on that versus, hey, you need to do this special test or this test or that test, I think those are things that the layperson is probably not going to interpret like a trained functional medicine practitioner is going to interpret. And so I think if they do the basic things, they're still struggling, then they want to reach out to a functional medicine practitioner. They'll save a ton of time and money because they've already hit the foundational things. And then we can dig into the organic acid test or the GI math test or the Dutch panel and look at their hormones. Those are things that really need to be interpreted, not just read. And I think you have to have some background and some training to not just read them, but really interpret the labs for what they're trying to tell us. This is very much a through line message for this entire show. Like, how do we become empowered? How do we do the basics first? How do we clear the slate so that if if things are persisting, we can go and dig deeper? It's easier to figure that out. We save ourselves a lot of money and a lot of time. Dr. Dr. Kelly, you were going to say something, my dear. I was just going to say that patients that are, are currently struggling with Lyme, like really tough diagnosis, like Lyme and chronic mold and things, these foundations, and I think we just were, went right over this. So they're they're very helpful for those too. Even if you're see if you have Sears and you're seeing that doctor, all these things we're talking about will help you. And so uh, again, like I think there is a uh, absolutely appropriate time when you need that functional medicine provider. You need that LLMD. You need you know the the specialist. But again, following these principles is is going to get you more uh, leverage out of what you're doing with them too. And I, I agree with that. I also, I even go so far as to say it is way easier for them to figure out what's going on for you guys to dig in to the deeper areas if we have set the tone with foundation. It's really hard to figure out what else is going on if we, the stress is out of control, you're not sleeping well, you're not breathing, you're drinking Diet Coke and, and Cheetos at lunchtime. You know, it's just really difficult for us to figure out what else is going on when we are bombarded with all of these, these stressors on the system. So I just love the fact that you guys have really dialed in what each and every one of us can do in our own home. And goodness knows right now, we're all in our own homes, right? This as we're recording this, each and every one of us are in our own homes. Our families are in their own homes. And so we, even if one wanted to go to a doctor's appointment, we just can't. And so I love that you've given us so much to work with here in the book, The Thyroid Debacle. Now talk to me about where we can get the book, where are the resources for this so that people who are thinking to themselves in this conversation, huh, like this has been, I've been thinking that maybe this is what's going on with me. It sounds like no matter what's going on with me, implementing these protocols, implementing these steps are going to get me closer to feeling better. Yeah, I think one of the key things to make sure everybody understands, the book is about thyroid physiology, but when you have cellular stress, hypothyroidism is a part of that defense mechanism. So the diagnosis that you get, whether it's chronic Lyme or you have adrenal fatigue or you have IBS or whatever the disease or disorder is, has cellular hypothyroidism probably as a component. If you're insulin resistant, you you probably have cellular hypothyroidism as a component. So the principles that we lay out in the book 
aren't just for people who have a thyroid condition. They're people who have any type of health issue or chronic health issue. So these are foundational principles, regardless of the name that you have been given for your disease, disorder, or diagnosis. So that part doesn't matter. What's really important is making sure that you're doing the foundational things. I had somebody message me earlier today that said, what kind of diet should I be on if I have hypothyroidism? You should be on the same diet that if you had any other condition or if you want to be healthy, which is primarily a whole food diet, low processed food, whole food Tell diet, America. just start there. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. That, those, are the, those are the things that, that, that drive me crazy when people are like, but what's the special diet? There isn't a special diet. The special diet is a healthy diet. And it, what is a healthy diet? Regardless of whether the whole nutritional industry circles the wagons and shoots in, right? The vegans are shooting at the carnivores. The carnivores are shooting at the keto people. All Everybody's arguing. And what we're missing is the big point. It's not whether vegetarian is better than carnivore, which is better than keto, which is better than autoimmune, which is, that's not the issue. If, you, if everybody stopped arguing about their little platform and just realized that the argument is not with whole food, the argument is with processed food, excessive amounts of processed food. Joe, if you want to be healthier, just start with better food that you're bringing into system, more whole food, close to the way we came out of nature and less processed food. And that is a foundational starting point. doesn't matter what, what health problem you have. That's the great, that's a great place to start. And that's the point with almost all the fitness factors. It doesn't matter what your diagnosis is. If you're breathing inappropriately, it doesn't matter if you have hypothyroidism or if you have high blood pressure, start working on fixing the foundational things. And to answer your other question, which I, I know I got off topic is, where can they get the book? Wherever books are sold, they can go. It's already on pre-order on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and anywhere you, where books are sold, they can actually go and start pre-ordering. Wonderful, wonderful. And when is the book coming? So we can get on pre-order. Thank goodness. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you everywhere. When's the book officially coming out? So we know when it's going to arrive at our home. I think at this point right now, where expectation is probably July, but who knows with what's going on right now in the world, how that's going to play out. But definitely sometime, I would say late summer, early fall would be the, I guess, the projection at this point. But with everything that's going on in the, in, in the world uh, right now with this virus, who knows? But that's when we expect to get it out. And stay tuned for a course that we're going we're gonna to be teaching online based on the fitness factors for there's going to be a healthcare provider and then there's going to be a lay person. So again, we have lots of time. We're going to be in our homes. So stay tuned for that on our, on our websites. Well, I just want to say thank you both for coming on and, you know, preaching what I preach here on the show. It's so nice. You know, it's always nice to have other people, other practitioners come on and say what I've been saying. So it doesn't sound like I'm the only one saying it. That is for sure. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for taking your struggles, for taking your own journey and turning it into an opportunity for each and every one of us to transform our health and well-being. It takes a special kind of person to transform our pain and struggle into something really powerful. So I just want to say thank you guys for that. Hey, thanks for having us on. Thank you. Given that thyroid medication has become one of the top five medications to be prescribed for the last several years, it's finally time that we get to the root cause and address this issue before it becomes an even bigger issue. The struggle with cellular hypothyroidism is that there's no real testing for knowing if you're struggling with it. So the goal is to support your body so that you don't find yourself dealing with cellular hypothyroid or low thyroid function on a systemic level. 
Now in Dr. Kelly's and Dr. Eric's new book, The Thyroid Debacle, they lay out the full game plan and they lay out a really powerful protocol to help prevent this from happening to millions of more people and it's totally worth reading. So if you or someone you love thinks that you've got low thyroid function, this is a great book to check out. I will have the thyroid debacle in the show notes and I want you to know that it's available everywhere. Also, if you are struggling with energy issues, craving issues, even PMS issues, and you want a little hormone love that tastes incredible, check out Harmony's Cacao and Chocolate Superfood Blend in the show notes for episode 248. I know you are going to love it as much as I do. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode on the Essentially You podcast. Now, if you are loving these episodes, head on over to YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're listening, subscribe and leave a quick review. That way, this critical information, especially around things like low thyroid issue, gets out to more women because they need to hear it. Again, millions of women are misdiagnosed and that is so unfortunate. I know for me that I wish I had this information when I was at the height of my hormone struggles. And I know that so many women are desperately looking for it today. So the more that we can share this, the more that we can review it, the more that we can help even more women get the solutions that they deserve. Till the next episode, have an amazing day.